conquering the chaos in our life. And uh, one, of the, one of the areas that I think most of us have encountered chaos is in our checkbook. Have you ever had chaos in your checkbook? Like, you know, you, you go to write that check out, and you're like, well, wait a minute, I can't write that out. I can, I can write half of that check out, but the other half I have to wait till next week, the next paycheck. And, and so we, uh, we sometimes wind up with this chaos in our checkbook and not really sure what to do. Well, God's got an answer for chaos in our checkbook. And the answer is it not only applies to our checkbook, but it applies to other things in our life, too. So this morning, we're going to be talking about the checkbook just a little bit, but just know when I bring up this topic. I'm talking about all of our lives, okay? The checkbook is just one area of our life that sometimes chaos gets involved in, but there's a simple solution. And the solution to chaos is simply giving, giving back. Maybe a better way of saying it, but giving. In Malachi, in Malachi, that's in the Old Testament, Malachi, or as some say, that great Italian prophet Malachi. <laughs> Malachi. Okay, you, you can laugh later when you get it over lunch. But Malachi chapter 3, Malachi chapter 3, verse 6, it's a scripture that we're familiar with, and we tend to apply it to giving, and we tend to talk about it in church, about passing the offering plate. Uh, but like I said just a moment ago, it's more than that. It's, it's more than that. So uh, Malachi chapter 3, verse 6, it says, I, the Lord, do not change. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad? You know, I think the only, the only people that really like to be changed are babies with a messy diaper, right? And sometimes they'll wait for a while. You know, like our little one right now will just wait for a while. And they'll come back later and say, well, I, I need my diaper changed. He's been walking around for an hour needing his diaper changed. But at some point he wants it changed. Most of us don't like change other than that. And so we like to stay there. Well, God says, I don't change. I'm the same good God I've always been. I love you like I've always loved you. And I always will love you. And so it goes into this conversation. It says, so you, O descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. Ever since the time of your forefathers, you have turned away from my decrees and have not kept them. Return to me and I'll return to you, says the Lord Almighty. But you ask, how are we to return? Will a man rob God, yet you rob me? Now, it says, how will you return? That's the beginning of revival. Do you know that? The beginning of revival is when each one of us individually turns back to God, re returns back to him, and, and goes back to uh, the beginning. That's, that's the beginning of revival. For a church, for our congregation here, Rock Springs Church, the beginning of revival starts when we turn our hearts back to God in prayer and, and uh, crying out to him. But how are we to return? How do we begin this? And so it says, well, a man robbed God, yet you robbed me. But you ask, how are we robbing you, God? How, how are we stealing from you? You're robbing from me in tithes and offerings. And you're under a curse. As a matter of fact, the whole nation of you are under a curse because you're robbing me. If you'll bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have room enough for it. I will prevent pests from devouring your crops, and the vines in your fields will not cast their fruit, says the Lord Almighty. Then all the nations will call you blessed, for yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. You've said harsh things against me, says the Lord, yet you ask, what have we said against you? Well, some of the things you've said against me, God said, 
You said it's futile to serve God. It's futile to serve God. What did we gain by carrying out your requirements? This is their complaint to God. God, what did, we, what did I gain by, by living a moral life? What did I gain by living a holy life? What did I gain by, by going to church every Sunday or praying every week or praying every day or reading your word every day? What did I gain from all of that? That's what they're complaining about. And going about like mourners, that is, they were fasting and before the Lord Almighty. But now we call the arrogant blessed. Certainly the evildoers prosper. And even those who challenge God escape. What they're saying is, God, I've done all these things. I've met all your requirements. And yet my checkbook is, is in a hole. And the guy who lives any way he wants to, his checkbook is full. And so that's the, been the complaint about God. Why don't I have what he has? Why can't I get what he has? Why has he got more than me? And so they began complaining to God when God said, look, you've you got the God of the universe here, the God of all creation here, God Almighty. Uh, I'm here, and you're complaining about stuff. Then those who feared the Lord talked with each other, and the Lord listened and heard. That is, the church got together and had a church meeting. They had to come to Jesus' meeting, and they talked to one another and said, you know what? We can either live like the world, or we can live like God wants us to live. We can live like the world, as heathen, or we can live like God wants us to live holy. And they talked among themselves. And they said, we're going to serve the Lord. And a scroll of remembrance was written in his presence concerning those who feared or worshipped the Lord and who honored his name. There's a scroll somewhere with your name on it. Those of you who worship and honor the Lord, there's a scroll somewhere with your name on it. They will be mine, says the Lord Almighty, in the day when I make up my treasured possessions, I will spare them just as in compassion a man or a father spares his son who serves him. And you will again see the distinction between the righteous and the wicked, between those who serve God and those who do not serve God. So the heart of this passage is God is saying, look, I can, I can conquer some of the chaos in, in your life if you'll let me, but it starts with your checkbook. He says, if you'll just Trust me with tithes and offerings. If you'll just trust me with this. Now, why did God bring up money in the passage? Why, why did he bring up money? Because he knows that when money is the least of things to God. God doesn't need your money. He really doesn't. He owns a cattle on a thousand hills. He owns a thousand hills. And he owns a thousand planets that have a thousand hills that have thousands of cattle on them. You get the picture, right? He doesn't need your money. He, he doesn't need your 5% or your 10% or your 20%. He doesn't need it. God does not need money. He doesn't walk around with a, with a credit card buying things on credit and then going and paying it off like we do. He doesn't operate that way. So, so why does he bring up money? Because the least thing in, in God's thinking, the least thing on this planet, as far as God's concerned, is money. If we can't trust him with money, the least thing, how can we trust him with everything else? You know, it's amazing to think about this. We'll trust God for our salvation. We will invite Jesus to be our Lord and Savior, right? We'll, we'll trust in him. We'll trust in his word. We'll say yes to Jesus. But we won't say yes to Jesus with our checkbook. We'll say yes to Jesus with our eternal life, but not with our checkbook. Now, let's change the word checkbook for just a minute to praying for people. We will trust God with our salvation, but we won't trust God to pray for people, Right? There are so many things that, that we can give back 
Prayer is one of the things we can give back. You can do it in private. You can do it in your car. You can pray anywhere you are, right? There's, there's no limit to praying. And so God says, if, if I can't trust you with praying, what, what good is it? Why, if I can't trust you with your checkbook, what good is it? If, if you won't trust me with this, how can you trust me with that? And so God's trying to make a case with the children of Israel and with us today that if you'll just trust me with the checkbook, then you'll be able to trust me with your prayer life. You'll be able to trust me with witnessing and sharing the gospel with people who need to hear it, so forth and so on. There's so many more things God wants to invest in our lives. But if we're not investing first with the least of things, he's, he's not really willing to invest in us more things. It'd be like your child never learning to ride a tricycle or a bicycle or anything and just walking up to you one day at 12 and say, I think I want to try to drive the car. Can you give me the keys? You would, Josh is back there shaking his head. You, you would, what would you do? You'd say as a parent, no way. I'm not crazy. I'm not giving you the keys of the car. Well, this is in essence what this scripture is talking about. If God is saying, if, I, if you won't ride the tricycle, or if you won't learn to ride the bicycle, I'm not giving you the keys to the car because you don't understand navigation. So what is this about giving? Four points real quick, like four things. Number one, giving when we give, whether it's money or our time or our talents or our interest, our prayer life, whatever it is. When we give, it releases the power of God in our own lives and in the lives of others. When we give, when, when, you, write a, when you write a check to Rock Springs Church for 10% of your paycheck, that releases the power of God in your life, in the life of this church, and the life of the ministry of the people around this church. It releases it. Look what God says. He says, see if I will not throw open the floodgates. The floodgates. Have you ever been below a dam? Percy Priest or some other lake somewhere. Below the dam when they release the water. You know, when it's full pool and they're releasing it. And just the water just boils out and boils out. You wouldn't dare go stand in that water. Right? And then when, it's, when they're not releasing the water and it's, the stream's real low, you're like, well, I can walk across that. God says, look, I'm going to open the floodgates, the floodgates. There's going to be a lot of water, a lot of blessing coming back to you. It releases the power of God. There's so much power when water is coming out from under one of those floodgates. It's powerful. God says, I'll release that in your life. I will release that in your life. And that's true of whatever we give. It's, in Luke, it says, he that sows sparingly reaps sparingly. Whatever you sow here, you're going to reap here. And if we're sowing prayer life, we're going to reap prayer life if we're if we're sowing friendship, we're going to reap friendship. Right? It's floodgates. God says, I'm going to open a floodgate. I'm just not going to turn on the faucet in your house. I'm going to open a giant floodgate. So giving releases the power of God into your checkbook. God says, I'll, I'll, I'll give you back more than you give me. You can't outgive me. It's impossible to outgive me, he says. Just try it. Try 10%. Try 12%. You know what the average Christian gives? To his church on Sunday morning? Anybody want to guess the percentage? 2%. 2%. So the average Christian gives us 2% of their paycheck every week to the cause of Christ. And they wonder why the floodgates of heaven aren't opened in their life or in their checkbook. God says right here, I, look, I, I can't trust you with the rest of it if you're not going to trust me with this. 
It's just real it's simple. Secondly, giving releases the provision of God in your life. Giving releases the provision of God in your life. It says, I will pour out so much blessing. Look at it. So much blessing. Not just a few things, but so much blessing. Matter of fact, more than you can even think, dream, or imagine, I'll pour back into your life. And so God wants to bless you. He sits there waiting to bless you. And he says, I'll pour out so much blessing, you can't even think about it. If you'll give, not just giving money to the church, but if you'll give yourself to other people. If you'll walk down the street to your neighbor and, and, and help them with something. If you'll walk across the, uh, the, the, the business center to the next cubicle and help somebody. If you're investing in other people's lives. Right? If you invest in a child's life, you take a child fishing, whatever it is, invest in. God says, I will pour out so much blessing that you can't handle it. So if you want your checkbook to be blessed, if you want to see some more so much more blessing into it than you've got to give. And if you want to get $100 back, you've got to give $10 away. If you want to give $1,000 back, you've got to give $100 away. If you want to get $10,000 back, you've got to give $1,000 away. Does that make sense? That's God's math. You, you give 100 he gives you 1000 back. You give 1000 he gives you 10000 back. Whatever the number is, what he's saying is, I'll give you more than you give me. If you would just trust me with this. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, let me read this passage for you. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6, it says, Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will reap generously. Each man should give what he's decided in his heart to give. That's how New Testament Christians are to give. Decide in your heart what it is I'm supposed to give. Each man should give what he's decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion. Okay? For God loves a cheerful giver. Somebody that laughs when they put something in an offering plate. And God is able, watch this, to make all grace abound to you so that in all things and at all times, having all that you need, you may abound in every good work. For it is written, he has scattered abroad his gifts to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies the seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. God gives you the food. He gives you the seed. He gives you more seed when you give it away, and he increases it. You'll be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. God makes us rich so that we can be generous. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. God makes us rich so we can be generous. And he makes us generous so that we can be rich. And he makes us rich so we can be generous. It's a, it's a cycle. But giving releases the provision, so much blessing. Third thing, giving releases the purpose of God. Look what it says. I will prevent pests from devouring your crops, and vines in your field will not cast their fruit. In other words, I'll help you balance your checkbook. I'll make sure that something doesn't come in and eat away at your checkbook that you weren't anticipating eating away at your checkbook. My purpose, Jeremiah 29, 11, my purpose is to bless you. Isn't that what it says? I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and, and bless you. That's what he says. That's his purpose. Giving releases his purpose in your life. When you give yourself to help someone else, it releases his purpose. When you help your husband or help your wife or your children, your grandparents or your parents, it releases his purpose in your life. Children, when you help your parents by cleaning up your room, it releases God's purpose in your life. It does. 
says, I will prevent. I will do this and I will do that. It's going to release my purpose in your life. And the fourth thing, giving releases the very presence of God in your life. Now, God is present with us always. We know that. Jesus says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. You're one with the Spirit is with you. What I'm saying here is giving releases the presence. You, are, you begin to see the presence of God in your life. You know he's there. Sometimes you don't see him there, and you wonder where he is. Giving releases his presence into your life. Look what it says. It goes on down. It says, it says, and I will make your land a delightful land. I will make it delightful. I will make it a favored place. As a matter of fact, uh, one of the words is similar to this in, in the Hebrew is the word Beulah. You ever heard that song, Beulah Land? You want me to sing it for you? Nah, not after this crowd sang. I'm not going to sing that. We didn't try that. Beulah Land. Beulah means one who is married. Beulah means one who is blessed, one who is joined, one who is together. And God is saying, in, in the process of our giving, he helps us to see. He, he shows up in our lives in a way that we can see his presence working in our lives. Giving releases his presence so that we can see it in our lives. And, and you've probably seen this. You've probably experienced it. But, you know, you go help someone and whatever it may be, maybe you help them in the yard, maybe you help them at work. And then two months later, they show up in your life with a gift card or something. And so I just wanted to thank you so much for how you helped me that day. It was, it was a really bad day. You, you showed up in my life, and I'm just so very thankful for you. That's God's presence showing up in your life. That's how his presence shows up in our lives. It's, it's through other people. And he, he, he shows up, he reveals himself through someone else's smile or thank you note or, or knock on the door and has a casserole. I just wanted to say thank you. Right? Giving, when we give, it releases his presence. It releases his presence in our checkbook. We can look and say, oh, wow, look, look how God has blessed us. Look, look how we paid all of our bills this month. Look, look how we've been entrusted to, you know, with, a, with a line of credit to pay for our house or mortgage or whatever you have. Look, look how we've been entrusted with this. And now how God is blessing us because we've helped someone or because we gave of ourselves. Giving releases the very presence of God in our lives. And I don't know about you, but I enjoy it when I encounter God. When I encounter God in you, when I walk in and see you and shake your hand and how you're doing, you've got a word or an encouraging thing to say, I just know that's God showing up in my life. Right? You know, I give, I pour out into your lives. You give and pour out into my lives. It's a beautiful thing. That's how God, that's how God designed the bodies that we pour into one another's lives. And something else I've noticed about our congregation is when we, when we dismiss, how long y'all stand around and talk to one another and encourage one another and pour into someone's life? That's because you're a giving congregation. You give back and you receive back. It's a beautiful thing to watch. So this morning, if you want to reduce and conquer some of the chaos in your life, then, especially in your checkbook, then just give. It's real simple. Just give. And how much do you give? You sit down and you pray, God, how much do I want to give? How much should I give? How much do you want me to give? I want to be a cheerful giver. I want to give till I'm laughing out loud at God and with God and for God. That's the kind of cheerful giver I want to be. So this morning as we take communion, let's realize that Jesus gave his life for us. That's why we share communion together.
We celebrate his life that he gave for us. And he rose again, right? He rose again for us. And he continues to give into our lives. He gives of himself 24-7 into our lives. And that's a beautiful thing. So let's give thanks to him as we take the Lord's Supper and just say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for what you've done in our lives. Father, thank you so much for this day. And uh, Jesus, we thank you for how you have given in our lives, how you continue to give in our lives. You just pour into us. And uh, we say thank you. In your name we pray. Amen.